Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, today, we're starting with a very simple, simple question. Uh, it's, it's something that, you know, you, you always ask people. Uh, you guys like cats, dogs, if you had to choose... I've got cats, but I, I think I'm, I'm mainly a cat and dog person. Yeah, I'm a cat person. Uh, I recently adopted a tiny baby kitten that just uh, kind of waltzed up onto my deck. And I love her, but I forgot that, that kittens are kind of a pain in the butt. They, they, they wreck things. They like to shred things and uh, track litter everywhere. So I'm a, uh, a patient yet slowly going insane cat dad. Yeah, how about you, Matt? I grew up as a cat boy. I was full, <laughs> full cat boy. Uh, so you got your ears trimmed and your tail tucked. Well, well, I tail met, docked. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I got my tail docked. I met uh, my current wife, my wife, 
and uh, she was allergic to cats. So I had to give I had to give up my feline friends. Oh, man, that's the choice people have to make sometimes. You know, I've got uh, I have two cats. Uh, you guys have seen them. Um, folks, if you're if you see my Instagram app in Bullen, then you may have seen pictures of those cats. They're huge. They have no right to be as large as they are and still called house cats. There must be part Maine Coon to them uh, due to uh, what I refer to as their dumpster pedigree. But <laughs> yeah, but but we've all seen Maine, Maine Coons are, are large cats. I, I don't know how you describe them. They're large cats that are common, at least here in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're super floofy, so they look even bigger than they actually are. But they're larger than a lot of other types of uh, what we call house cats. And to your point, Noel, what's really interesting about cats, at least house cats, is that there is an ongoing debate about uh, whether they are domesticated, and if so, to what degree. In <laughs> fact, you'll you'll hear people say that these cats have. Uh, largely self-domesticated because they started hanging out with early human beings because human beings are dirty and rats and vermin like to hang out and eat all the trash that humans produce. So cats just started showing up and kind of never left. Uh, and, and cats are popular across the world in many places. Um, you may be uh, hanging out with a cat of your own as you hear today's episode and if you are hanging out with a cat right now in the United Kingdom or Western Europe, then this is an episode particularly for you. You're traveling to the United Kingdom, inspired by several letters over the years from our fellow conspiracy realists who asked us about ABCs, not the alphabet, but something called abnormally big cats or alien big cats. That's right. It's a cryptid episode. We're, we're back on the cryptids. And uh, what better way to get started than to talk a little bit about our own cats? Let's move on to the more controversial cats of Europe. Here are the facts. Obviously, humans throughout history have made an incredibly indelible mark on the uh, European landmass. Uh, many parts of Europe today are, of course, heavily developed, especially in the UK. But that wasn't all the case. It used to be much wilier. Um, in the ancient past, Europe, like much of the rest of the world, was home to uh, a ton of megafauna, like big, large creatures that roamed the terrain. Um, the most recent large cat proven to exist was the Eurasian cave lion, or Panthera spilea. I think Panthera was like a, wasn't that a band? That's Pantera. Pan Pantera. That's, yes. That's Cemetery close, Gates. Yeah. Great. Uh -huh, that's great. RIP Dimebag Daryl. Uh, its name became part of the scientific lexicon in around 1810 when Georges Auguste Goldfuss, fabulous name, mm -hmm. described no e a fossilized. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying for a Georges situation, but who knows? This guy found and described a fossilized skull excavated from a cave in southern Germany. Yeah, yeah. So these these creatures uh, and their skeletons have been discovered before, but this was, like you said, Noel, the first time that they got legitimized in the scientific community and moved from oral tradition and folklore and weird fossils to, you know, museums and taxonomy. There's also pretty great evidence that human beings 
encountered these lions because they're depicted in ancient carvings and cave paintings in France uh, and in Germany. The renderings in France are somewhere between 15,000 to 17,000 years old. And and the timeline gets a little murky here. Uh, So excavators also found a carving in a place called the Vogelherd Cave, southwest Germany. This carving in particular leads experts to conclude that worship of these animals may have been part of Paleolithic religious ceremonies. And once you get a sense of the size of this cat, it's not hard to see why so many ancient people could have both feared and worshipped it. Like our earlier discussion about the rumors of a Paleolithic bear-worshipping religion. Uh, There may have been something like this going on with cave lions because they were one of the largest lion species around. One skeleton that was discovered in 1985 was about almost four feet tall at the shoulder, and it was almost seven feet long, not counting the tail, by the way. So we're not, you know, we're not fudging the numbers. Uh, and that isn't even the biggest example. There was another one that was eight feet in length. Again, not counting the tail. It doesn't matter if you're a cat person at this point, whether in the modern day or in ancient times, you don't want to run into these guys. No. Especially if they're hungry. You would be a person in a cat, not a <laughs> cat person. Very quickly. Yes, I like the way you put that. And they're not like... um This, when we talk about height and length, it's not anywhere near the same thing as describing, say, the wingspan of a bird, because these are also chonky boys, I think (laughs) the internet would call them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, Some of the best estimates for what these creatures would weigh are around 750 pounds. Uh, or, you know, 340 kilograms, something like that. And that, that makes it over 12% larger than any modern day lion you're going to see wa- waltzing around. And uh, <laughs> it's going to make a Tiger King <laughs> joke here, but yeah, we don't need to do that. Yeah, I mean, just the the uh, the reference alone, a lot of people's imaginations running wild. What would it have been, Matt? What would it have been? Just a 750 pound lion, just chilling. Mm. And he'd be going... Look at these lions. They're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And they also, uh, it's fascinating because we said those cave paintings are, you know, several thousand years old, 15 to 17,000. But the lions themselves, you're not going to run into them because they're they're thought to have gone extinct sometime around 50,000 years ago. So already we can see there's a slight possible discrepancy. these didn't look like what you might picture a lot of other lions. They're, they're similar, but like, for instance, the males, based on what we see in, in the cave depictions, probably didn't have a really big mane like you would associate with uh, current lions. And although it's tragic, of course, if these megafauna went extinct, uh, they are not the only cats in the game. Modern-day Europe, despite having areas that have been very heavily developed for a very long time is still home to at least three types of wild cats, not counting, you know, feral house cats, not counting, you know, the kind of cat that would show up at your house and beg for kibbles or whatever. Uh, these, these things are 
species like the European wildcat. That's in Eastern, Western, Southern, Central Europe. And then two types of lynx, the Iberian lynx and the Eurasian lynx. The Eurasian lynx is in Central, Eastern, and Northern Europe. And the Iberian lynx, surprise, surprise, Iberian Peninsula. Not the most creative name. And these are all wild creatures, to be clear. They shouldn't be treated as pets. They can attack wildlife. You shouldn't approach them if you see them. Like most wild animals, they do not particularly care to hang out with you. And if they do, it's probably not for a reason that you're going to be down with. So the good news is they're a lot smaller than lions. That is the best news. Well, it's also... What makes them so cute? I remember when I was growing up, I wanted a lynx so badly. I thought it was the coolest animal. I, I particularly remember the ears. Yeah, they, so they, anime. Yeah, very, very anime. But they look they look like enough like a house cat that I felt like I maybe would have a connection to one, uh, you know, if I met a lynx somewhere. Um, but man, it was also something, I think Atari put out a handheld gaming system called a lynx at some point. And for some reason, I I then had like this weird brain connection to fun gaming and this creature. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that. The They do look uh, a lot more innocent, maybe than they should. Uh, but look at those little murder paws. They're, oh, yeah. they're not playing around. Still, they are much less likely to eat you than a cave lion, right? So go Europe. Uh, today, the days of the large animals are largely, in the past, at least where Europe in general and where the United Kingdom specifically is concerned. But there are still, there are still some large fauna running around the UK that are proven to exist. Uh, they're just, at this point, not cats. That's right. We have the red stag, uh, which is the uh, sigil of House Lannister. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. Um, that would be the, uh, that was the lion, right? Yeah. Or, or the, uh, also known as the Cervus elephus. Um, it's officially the largest animal in the region. Uh, and in 2010, there was a particularly massive uh, specimen called the Emperor of Exmoor that was reportedly killed by a hunter. And at the time of its death, it had already drawn a ton of national attention uh, thanks to some incredible photographs. It weighed more than 300 pounds and was around nine feet tall. Um, but the big cats, it might seem, are long gone. You can take a look at pictures of the Emperor of Exmoor, as we just stated there, and it really is a majestic, awesome-looking creature. And it is big, but it's not that big. And if you imagine that something like these red deer existed in the area for a long time, you can also imagine if there was a 750-pound cat rock, like rolling around, this would be great food. You, oh, you, yeah. Right? I mean, you, you could totally imagine it. And just when you start to... And this has helped me with the size, like really thinking about the size of these cats. When you see how large this Emperor of Exmoor is and red, red deer in general, and then you imagine that twice to, you know, 2.3 times the size of that is how big these cats were. Yeah. Like, it's like seeing... Uh, it's like when you see... 
uh, a cetacean, a, a large one, like a, a whale, a sperm whale or something, and you think, holy crap, this thing is huge, and then you see there are suction marks on it from a fight with some kind of, you know, that's that's what, that was some of the strongest evidence of the colossal squid for a long time. So, yeah, look for, if you see something big, imagine what might eat it, because the <laughs> thing that eats it is gonna, you know, it may be even larger, but like we said, uh, the days of the large fauna in the United Kingdom have mostly passed, and the big cats are relegated to history. Or are they? <gasps> dun, dun. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, which, hey, maybe is, maybe is cat food. And then we'll be back with more. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. So long after the official extinction of large cats in the United Kingdom, numerous people have claimed to have seen something in the wild. And they've been making these claims for a very, very long time. Uh, as late or as early as 1400, uh, there were, there were folk tales, um, folk tales that we don't, we don't need to go into too much depth on, but one that's especially interesting is the story of a guy named John de Stratford, who, according to the story, pulled a giant red antlered lion from the earth at South Battersley in 1400. Important note, at this time, there are no known species anywhere of lions with antlers, which is a shame because that would be super cool. Uh, oh, God. I was going to make a terrible... <sighs> One of these big lions was hunting a red deer, mm-hmm. but then they like saw each other in a clearing. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. like, bop, 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 wow. <laughs> Is that sexy so time good. music? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, okay. I was making sure. It was like a little bit of let's get it on kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, uh, yeah, jackalopes, right? A jackalope yeah, exactly. situation. Yeah, you might have, you know, animals may find themselves in jackalope situations like uh, grizzly bears and polar bears, you know. Mm-hmm. Love is uh, not a thing that always respects those kind of boundaries in the wild. Well, jackalope is what happens when uh, two jackrabbits elope. There it is. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is an amazing image. Right. I, I, as you said, like we don't, there's obviously no feline or cat species that has antlers, but, uh, for, from a folklore perspective, the imagery alone, like I want to oh, see yeah. comics with this thing. Let's do it. Oh yeah. And this, there's also, you know, the long, the long established tale of the so-called black dog mm-hmm. in, in the UK, which may play a role in this investigation as well. So fast forward, we'll just, list a few other examples. There's a guy named William Cobbett in the 1760s, and he, in in one of the books he writes, he describes how he saw a cat as big as a middle-sized spaniel dog near the ruins of Waverly Abbey, and then later he says he saw a similar creature in New Brunswick. In neither of those examples does he have, like, a body or anything like that. But these sightings have become a part of British culture. They've occurred for so often and so long that pretty much everybody has heard something about them, even if they don't believe it. It's kind of like the same way that if you live in the U.S., particularly in the Pacific Northwest, you've definitely heard Bigfoot stories, whether or not you believe they're true. And these sightings or the belief in these animals can be like they're they're described by a few group terms 
ABCs, which I still think is funny, which means either abnormally big cats, anomalous big cats, or alien big cats. Alien is in maybe not native to the area, uh, more so than extraterrestrial. And Dang. Then, I know, right? I know. <laughs> it's a bummer, but... But it gets better. Uh, phantom cats or mystery cats, which just sounds so <laughs> whimsical. What kind of cat is this? Why, it's a mystery cat. That's a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Solving yes. mysteries out there. Yeah. Or, or I just figure like, it's wearing like a top hat and like carries a cane or something like that. Perhaps a monocle. Uh, sort of like a Inspector Clouseau type cat. You know, that'd be cool. I would like, I would like maybe a little bit of a... Uh, for plot tension, maybe we could say like the mystery cats are trying to chase down the phantom cats, and there's you know whatever MacGuffins and red herrings we want to add in. Uh, <laughs> I imagine I imagine it's a cat that whenever you ask it, "Hey, cat, what have you been up to?" It says uh, numerous various pursuits. Okay, it's thin ice. It's thin ice, Frederick. It's thin ice. But uh, no, it's fair. Touche. Uh, yeah, and, and there are people who say, well, all cats are mysterious, right? Yeah. Uh, because they were objects of religious veneration in different cultures. But th it's weird because these sightings for a time kind of fell to the fringe. Uh, and the they were you know, relegated to folklore and they were like cool, cool stories to learn about in history class. Right. Uh, and this was the case until the late 1950s when these sightings exploded and this became a modern wave of cryptid reports, always big cats. Uh, there were things like the cool thing is they all have if they get popular enough in the public consciousness, they all get uh, a pretty kick-ass nickname. There would be things like the Surrey Puma or the Thin Tiger. And then, you know, if you're still kind of in like the minor leagues of being a feline cryptid here, you're a cat-like beast, which... Um, which is a weird, should we start describing people like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was, was a cat-like beast. Oh man, that's really great. And, and there's a, can we, can we shout out the article? At least there's one article that I was looking through that I think you found Ben from the uh, independent. The, yes. Yeah. The field guide, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's titled a field guide to the mystery beasts of the British Isles from back in 2005. But uh, it was just, it's just, it's great. And in particular, I think you pointed it out here, Ben, the names of these creatures each individual one is just a delight it's so so wonderful it is and the uh, the interesting thing about that article in particular is that it laundry list other alleged cryptids non-feline in the uk so if you are not familiar with uh cryptozoology in the U in the United Kingdom, then do check out that article. It's an excellent primer. And it also talks a little bit about how these, how some of these sightings came to be. And this gets reported kind of cyclically in the big outfits like the Independent or the Telegraph or the, uh, or the BBC. But the first, if we trace it back, the first modern major news story about uh, an ABC and abnormally Big cat, which reminds sidebar. It reminds me of the Princess Bride. You guys remember what was it? Rodents of unusual size. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's what it is. 
Yeah. It is. Oh, God, that was such a creepy part of that in movie. The, that freaked the, me in out, the, man. In the fire swamps, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yes. it, like, gnaws on Carrie Elwes's poor arm, or he gets seriously injured. Yes, yeah. Uh, R-O-U's. R-O-U-S's, yeah. Rodents of unusual size. The Princess Bride still holds up, by the way. It's been it's, a long time. I need to rewatch. Mowage. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> great. It's got so many quotables, mostly dead. Check it out if you somehow haven't seen it. Anyway, so the first, if we trace it back, the first major news story about an abnormally large cat in the modern UK was in 1963 in July. There was a guy uh, in a place called Shooter's Hill who reported seeing something off. And then the story grew legs or paws and a tail when people saw a large golden animal jump over the hood of a police car nearby. So now it feels more official and there was a massive search for what people thought was possibly a cheetah they went across a hundred eight hundred and fifty acres 126 police 21 dogs 30 soldiers uh, also other other professionals were there like ambulance operators etc etc and these investigations went on for a while 1967 when the goldamine police station in surrey close their big cat investigation, like their own sort of feline project blue book, they had acquired um, one plaster cast of a paw print that was pretty big. It's like five inches across. And uh, they had logged over 300 different alleged sightings of big cats, 362 from September of 64 to August of 66. So even if there was nothing out there, even if it could all be explained away, a lot of folks were running into stuff, running into something they did not expect to find. Yes, and these alleged sightings continue with the Cambridge Shire's Fen Tiger in 1978, uh, Devon's Beast of Exmoor, and Gwent's Beast of Brechfa, all incredible names, uh, both in 1983, the year I was born, and Cornwall's Beast of Bodmin in 1992. In May of 1983, 12 Marines using night vision glasses scoured Exmoor in Operation Beastie. Yes. Uh, after 80 sheep killings in the area. It's always a good sign when you've got like spontaneous sheep killings. Uh, 80 sheep killings in the area since the summer. Um, most of their skulls were crushed and their carcasses were gutted, completely eviscerated. Yeah. In yeah. Th this is a big deal. So... To have that many sheep killed in that way, right? You, you see, look, I, I've never kept sheep, never been a shepherd, never uh, been a farmer where sheep are involved. But I imagine if there are errant deaths of your flock, generally by, let's say, wolves or some other animal like that that is going to be, or foxes, some, something that's hunting sheep on a fairly regular basis for a food source, they're not going to have their heads crushed. If you think about the size of a sheep versus the size of a fox, a fairly smaller animal, uh, it's not going to be crushing skulls. It's, you know, could kill, it, it can eat, you know, these animals can easily kill sheep uh, and, you know, take one down. But just the concept of an animal with jaws strong enough to crush a sheep's head, that's baffling, doesn't make sense. 
and uh, you'd want to track down that beast. I love that they're called beasts. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's fun to think about, right? And this we have to remember this is a very serious thing for the people involved at the time. Uh, in if we move further into the future, then we see in 1995 the Ministry of Agriculture conducted an investigation of Bodman in particular, and they examined film, photographs, sheep carcasses, alleged spore. Uh, This is here. This will make you uh, way less fun at parties. Spore, S-P-O-R-E, is not the same thing as spore, S-P-O-O-R. S-P-O-O-R is what we're talking about. That's anything you can use to track in animals, like scent or their poop. But spore, S-P-O-R-E, is totally different. It's a reproductive unit that just has one cell and doesn't need sex to reproduce. So it was there a you are. huge video game that mm-hmm. was overhyped back in the day. Yes, yeah. So uh, you're welcome. You're going to be a lot of fun at parties now, uh, especially given the awkwardness of hanging out with people IRL post-COVID. So... What did they find in this investigation? It's very interesting because they said they concluded that they could find, quote, no verifiable evidence that there was any kind of big cat population out there. But they also, in the same report, said they, quote, could not prove a big cat is not present. Dude. (laughs) Which, you know, that lights the fires, right, for cryptozoologists and crypto fans. I I figured it out, guys. Mm. These big cats out there in the UK, they are Bigfoot's pets. So they have the same powers as Bigfoot. They can just appear and then disappear, be there, shape shift, and then shift out. It's the same thing. They're working together. Verified. And I'm like, right. uh, and National Geographic doesn't want you to do it. That's right. That's like familiars correct. almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But they like this, man. Send, send them, oh, they send them out to do their evil Bigfoot bidding. Well, we'll just bring back, you know, some eviscerated sheep. Or you just leave the sheep there. Whatever. Yeah, that's what cats do. They bring it back, right? Yeah. To, to show off to their their primate. I guess if we're saying Bigfoot uh, is in the mix, then they're showing off to just a general primate. So this this continues. And it might surprise people outside of the United Kingdom to learn how recent these sightings are. Like as recently as 2019, 2020, it goes on. There have also been attacks. They are allegedly attacks by big cats, but um, they're definitely physical attacks. There was a guy named Anthony Holder who said that he was in uh, Sydenham Park, which is southeast of London. This this also comes from The Independent. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's just pull the verbatim quote. He had been trying to coax his cat back. He already had a cat. He was trying to coax his cat back after hearing it scream, and he thought it was being attacked by a fox, so he jumped his garden fence to chase it away. Everybody outside of the UK, a garden is like your backyard. So he jumps his garden fence to chase it away, but then a large feline emerged from the bushes and pounced on him and sent him flying. And he said, it scratched down the side of my face. Its teeth sank into my fingers. Its face was so close to me, I could smell its breath. And then he said, according to his own estimation, it was about six feet long and three feet tall, which makes it almost cave lion size. Uh, he also said he was able to throw it off, luckily, after about 30 seconds. Now, I have to ask you guys, 
this is I've I've never spoken to Mr. Holder, and I don't believe any of us have. But is it possible that maybe he was um, exaggerating it in his memory, or like is it's the eyewitness problem, right? How big was the actual cat? Uh, a cat that size would be pretty powerful. Um, how do you throw that after thirty seconds? Well, first it sent him flying, right? It, so he right. attacked him, and he went "wah," and then he got back up. Cat attacked him again, and then he threw the cat, and it went "wah." Sorry, there's my little sound effects. Yeah. Um, I'm just imagining all that happening. Ah, uh, you can't, you can't take, you can't do anything with a story like this other than go "wow." Hopefully, something like that will happen again, and no one gets hurt, so we can actually verify it in some way with. Uh, some form of physical evidence. Cause right now it's just a, a really interesting story. And you know, Tony doesn't mention how many pints he had. No, I'm just joking. Tony <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> do, it has nothing to do with that of blood taken or of beer drink. But, yeah. the, but the thing is also in this case, there clearly was something that attacked him. That part of the story is inarguable, right? So those are just a couple of examples, but they're hopefully enough to give us all a sense of just how frequent and how recent these sightings have been. So the big question, how do we explain all of this for the true cryptid believers out there? The theory goes something like this. Relict populations of animals like saber-toothed cats, or leopards, lions, lynxes survived the Ice Age in this part of the world into the modern day. And the entire time they were learning to avoid human beings as civilization encroached further and further into the wild. And for the people who believe this theory or subscribe to it, these animals now exist in very small populations, in dwindling areas of parks, estates, forested land, but they still roam the UK. And if you are particularly lucky or unlucky, you may run into one yourself. And that's a fascinating story. I personally dig it. But does it have any sand? The first thing you have to admit is like the UK is very heavily developed right? In comparison to a lot of other places, in comparison to the U.S., for sure. And it's also one of the most heavily surveilled countries in the world, just on like CCTV cameras alone. And granted, most of those are in urban areas, London and so on. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if you get out into the country in parts of the U.K., there's very little go, going on. Lots and lots of just land. The, the old moors that I'm, I'm not really that familiar with, but I've definitely driven through some past them, um, where there really isn't much going on. And some of the forested areas, I mean, it's, I don't know, there's there's enough mystery left in there that I think we have to keep an open mind here still. Yeah, I'm tempted to agree. I think that's a good point. And for skeptics, the existence of any large cat population at all in this area feels incredibly implausible. And forget a breeding population. Remember, those are two different things, right? You might have like an isolated small population of escaped felines, but um, a breeding population to be sustainable would probably have to be larger than just a couple of cats. And then the second thing they ask is, where's the actual evidence? If there were a breeding population, if there were a large population of cats, wouldn't someone have found the scat or some spore or skeletons or perhaps most easily identified the carcasses of other animals, wild or domestic, that appeared to be killed and eaten by large felines? 
that's that's one of the questions. But as we've just as we've just found, there have been carcasses discovered, right? And now the only question is what actually killed them. Anyhow, these are all great questions on the skeptics end. And the fact is that no one has found hard evidence of a breeding population of cryptid cats. And that leads experts to conclude the stories are just that. Interesting stories. But we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. And then we'll dig a little further into the litter box here, which is Mm -hmm. the worst wordplay. (laughs) Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. (laughs) 
And we're back. Uh, apologies to everybody who just just heard the L word and thought, oh, damn it, I have to clean that thing again. Uh, Dude, <laughs> I, had, I had a very strong memory of watching my cat gingerly cover up her own poop in the litter box just to make sure it was hidden away and didn't smell bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm applying that. It's a mark of her. respect to you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird that cats just naturally do that? <laughs> yeah. Weird. So, and also, like, the, not to get morbid, but like the fact that they, if they're injured or they're like dying, they will crawl under the house or they will like hide themselves away. They don't want to know. They don't want to be seen uh, suffering by. They like they're like very private uh, creatures. It's very interesting uh, the mentality of the cat. Yeah, they don't want to be attacked while they're vulnerable too. You know, and they'll also kind of hide. Um, I believe to give birth. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Clean the litter box when you get a chance, folks. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, while you're thinking about that, let's let's look at the explanation. So first, get this out of the way. We need the mundane explanation. And in the mundane explanation here would be misidentification. If you're not expecting to see something, then you can be startled by its appearance. So it might be they may have seen an ordinary house cat of unusual size, Maine Coon style from a distance, and depending on the angle, they might honestly mistake it for a larger animal. That doesn't mean it's a hoax. That doesn't mean they're, you know, grifters or crazy people. It just means that from their vantage point, maybe the thing looked larger than it is. Similar to that story we did on a strange news not terribly long ago about these like direwolf type creatures that I believe pulled somebody over or pulled a cow over like a guardrail or something crazy a like deer. that. Yeah, that's what I it know. was. Yeah, mm -hmm. allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. But a, but a big point of contention that was the distance uh, at which the creatures were viewed and the time of night and the you know what I mean. Like there's a lot of things that the eyes can certainly play tricks on you uh, in in certain circumstances. Yeah, and think about, you know, that Maine Coon example. Uh, honestly, some Maine Coons can attain the length of a Eurasian lynx, mm -hmm. but they the thing is they weigh less and they have a slimmer build, but you might not be able to tell if you're looking at them from far enough away because they've also got a ton of fur, so they get puffed up, you know what I mean? And if you ever... Uh, well, I think it looks creepy, but if you ever see a picture of a Maine Coon shaved versus unshaven, you can see there's a tremendous difference. So we've got that out of the way. Misidentification almost certainly happened in several, many of these sightings over the years. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong here. Some, some cat species, when they are alerted or angry or, you know, in fight or flight mode, do they physically puff up at all like with their fur going out the way a dog's back raises sometimes yeah you'll see them like arch their backs yeah have you seen have you there are creepy videos of it too have you ever oh, seen oh yeah I've, I've seen i've seen a cat do that i'm just wondering in like a lynx species i'm just unaware if they have any other kind of I don't know, physical appearance change when they're I in see. that like attack mode That's i just don't really i don't question. know yeah, that is a good question. Um, but again, you know, if you're not expecting to see something, then you might not have the presence of mind to, like, try to note physical characteristics. You might just be baffled and then decide to leave, right? Um, 
anybody who's been surprised by an animal in the wild, especially one that might be dangerous, has probably felt the same thing, right? You just, you're supposed to slowly back away. They don't want to hang with you again. <laughs> uh, and if they do want to hang with you, it's probably not for a reason that you would enjoy. So, <laughs> so we've got that explanation out of the way. But secondly, there's something interesting here. You absolutely can have sightings of a single large cat without ever having a native breeding population. In the UK in particular, there, there's a strong possibility that some of these sightings could have been former pets that became inconvenient or illegal and were later released into the wild. Like there are exotic pets in Florida, um, not cats, but like, you know, like gators that have been released. So if we go over to the BBC, reporters did something interesting. They cited a law in 1976 as a possible inflection point, the Dangerous Wild Animals Act. Before this act, there was this weird fad in the 60s and 70s, and people with enough cheese, enough scratch, enough wealth, or enough influence would keep tigers or cheetahs or whatever as pets just as a flex, and they didn't need anything but money to do this so that you could you could go to a park and you could just see some dude walking his cheetah. And there's nothing you could do about it. But once once this act was passed, in direct response to this fad, uh, a lot of things like a, a lot of primates, um, larger carnivores, uh, reptiles, especially venomous ones, really big ones, and then scorpions and spiders, etc., could no longer be kept as pets unless you met a number of conditions, unless you got a license. A lot of people ended up giving away their pets to zoos or, sad, sadly, I almost said sadfully. I meant to say regretfully, sadfully. Let's just say sadfully. I it's like a portmanteau. Word. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's a portmanteau. So sadfully, they had to put these animals down. But it is completely possible that a few folks, you know, said, oh, man, McDermott, my favorite puma or panther or whatever. That's a great I, I name can't. for a panther. <laughs> I can't put you, I can't put you in a zoo. You're, you're free. Your soul, uh, your, your soul was not made for a cage. But I sadly cannot keep you. Fly, McDermott, fly off into the wilds of the estate. You know? You can, you can, that is so what happened. You know that happened at least a few times, right? If it was a fad, even, even in the time before it became illegal or, you know, the, Dangerous Wild Animals Act in 76, you know that some people had a big cat in their home because they thought it was going to be awesome and they gave it up once the cat became mature because they were terrified, you mm -hmm. know, or they, they had a human child of their own or something. There are so many circumstances that could occur that, you know, will have occurred that some of these animals got released. Or, or your spouse was allergic yeah, well, right? yeah. <laughs> and so like this, if we continue this speculation a little bit further, it is possible, if not plausible, that some of these animals could have encountered each other. Mm. And again, possible, not plausible, that they could have bred in the wild. And if they had issue, right? If, if they uh, created offspring, their descendants may have been born in the wild and roamed the countryside freely. 
This is where we get to stories of things like uh, the Beast of Bodmin. That's right. Uh, the Beast of Bodmin was a large panther-like cat, presumably named McDermott, uh, that claimed to have been active around the 1990s. Um, and there are multiple photographs, purported photographs anyway, of what this thing looked like. Um, at the very least, uh, it looks like an enormous house cat just kind of kicking it over there in Cornwall. Uh, and also it's been seen in Essex. Wales also has been home to some reports of giant cats in more rural areas. And in some cases, these sightings seem to correlate to uh, see these, these similar kind of scenes of animal mutilation, specifically on sheep, because that's what you have out there in Cornwall uh, and Essex. Um, though no one's been able to rule out dogs or foxes who also are fond of mutilating sheep. Um, the third category we have is, is hoaxes. And of course, in this category, we have plenty of examples. Um, we don't need to spend much time on this because it's obvious when you're talking about things like this, there's always possibilities of folks trying to put one over on the public. You know, I don't, I don't know, Ben, what do you think the motivation behind that is? Is it just people that want to believe they want being they actively are doing something dishonest to make people believe but it's it's duplicitous it seems counterintuitive like i don't know why people would try to spread hoaxes if they're you know hoping to shed light on the existence of actual cryptids dude yeah i've i've been here for a while and i still have no idea why people do any of the things they do i'll, <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. all right let's hear it i mean it it's awesome what a cool story and you get you a little attention right it might get you on the local news for a second. It might make your buddies laugh. Like, look at that. Look what we look what we got them to believe. Huh? Uh, other here's something else. Let's say your small town somewhere out in Cornwall. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Right? Oh man, there's a beast out here. Oh shoot, we're gonna start a pub. We're gonna name it after this beast. Now it's a place to go. We hey, we can make some money here. This is easier than all this sheep stuff. Anyway, I'm just uh, it's, it's all hypothetical. But. OK, OK, that's a good point to raise the profile of a place uh, for tourists, cryptid tourism, you like know, the Mapimi Silent Zone in mm -hmm. Mexico. That's right. It's a really good point, Matt. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's a, I, I think that's probably the, the best argument. Um, but then other times it's just S's and G's, you know, S's uh, and G's. Spores and giggles, yeah. So we do have we do have something really interesting though, and we save the best for last. If you like us, love a good a good cryptid tale, and even if you think most of them don't add up, and you still find yourself wanting to believe there's something out there, you might be pleasantly surprised to learn that. Get this, some. Big-ass cats have actually been found in the UK. It's absolutely true. At least some of these cryptids turned out to be real. Perhaps most famously, a puma, a real puma, was captured in Scotland in 1980, not too, too long ago, and it was after years of reported sightings in the area. The guy who captured this animal was a farmer named Ted Noble. Uh, he was responding to these many reports of this creature being around. So he set up a trap, and by golly, he got it. This, uh, this cat was transferred to the Highland Wildlife Park Zoo, where it lived in comfort until it passed away. And there's one happy note 
that I thought I would add with this cryptid story. The director of the zoo at the time was a guy named Eddie Orbell, and he had a theory of his own. He said, you know, this animal that they named Felicity, by the way, uh, this animal may have been tamed because she seems to enjoy being tickled. And that's uh, <laughs> it's incredibly, like, sweet. But, but it means, you know, that it had clearly had human contact or something like, like that in the past. Uh, and then there's another example of an actual Eurasian lynx that was found in the 90s. Oh, yes, there is. But before we hit the lynx, I'm just trying to imagine the first person who attempted a tickle on a puma. Like yeah. on this particular puma, let's give it a little tickle and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also hit the links. Underrated. Underrated wordplay there. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Before we hit the links. Um, yes, there there is a story of a Eurasian lynx that was killed in Norfolk in 1991. The story goes that it attacked several sheep in the area over a period of a couple of weeks. And the only reason why we know about this is because in 2003, there was a story written about it. Like it became public. The public became aware in 2003. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, sure. There's a lynx out here attacking sheep. But then in 2006, a police report came out that confirms that the whole thing happened. Uh, or at least a 2006 police report. About the 1991 attack was made public, I think. Mm -hmm. And this confirmed that uh, another cryptid case was indeed true. Additionally, there have also been reports, uh, proven reports of jungle cats, uh, speculation about ocelots, and of course, lynxes. Another one was captured alive in 2001. This was called the Beast of Barnett. It was a young Eurasian lynx and thankfully was also placed safely in a zoo. So it's no surprise that today the search for these ABCs, these big cats, continues across the United Kingdom. And unlike stories of Bigfoot or Loch Ness, it does genuinely seem that at least some of the stories are true. If you would like to learn more, check out the research by an organization called Big Cats in Britain. They're a group that publishes an annual collection of reported sightings. And... Just to get in front of this, uh, there are probably some of us listening in the audience today who would who would say that a cryptid is uh, is strictly defined as a creature purported but not proven to exist, and may argue that lynxes and pumas don't qualify as cryptids because the scientific world was aware of their existence. However, I think for for our money, uh, these uh, for our catnip, these do count as cryptids because they were rumors that were proven to be true, uh, just like the coelacanth. But yeah, well, and, they, and, yeah. and they were cryptids before we could at least prove that there was something very similar happening. Right, totally. a similar creature did exist. And, and one, just one note here: don't do catnip. Just, you know, think wait, about what? your life, wait, think about wait. your family, everybody it affects, and just don't do catnip. What are, you, are, you, are you serious? No, no. Oh, God. Is this a thing? I'm a monster. <laughs> they just love it so much. They love it. It's awesome. Uh, also, don't do nutmeg. The sailor pie <laughs> is way overrated. Yeah, and definitely don't ever try the cinnamon challenge. It's terrifying, and it will make you gag. Yeah. You know? And no one can eat 50 eggs. Yeah. And the egg crate challenge is way easier. Just this as a, a you mean you mean a milk crate challenge? Is there another PSA. challenge that we're talking? The egg crate challenge that sounds new. Yeah, it's, it's egg crates. You just stack up egg crates and you try and step on them, but they all break. 
<laughs> is the challenge to break them or not break them? It's just way safer. You just got to be very, very fleet-footed. You just kind of like ballet dance your way across them. Uh, this sounds like big egg propaganda. They're trying to get people to buy more eggs. Speaking Should of which, did you guys ever have to do an experiment in like school where you had to like build a thing to hold eggs and like parachute it off a building so they wouldn't crack? Yeah. Were you successful in your attempt? Uh, I was, yeah. Of course you were. Yep, yep. You genius, you. I definitely no, no, broke no. all the eggs. I lucked out. Uh, but I, I, I liked how I can't remember many of the specifics, but I'm sure it would have, I'm sure it was anybody's game. As a matter of fact, I would, I, I remember being surprised. And I think, you know, I, it did occur to me, like, why didn't anybody just hard boil their egg? Because that's cheating. It? That's like, that's like hot gluing a silver dollar to the bottom of your Pinewood Derby car. That'll get you disqualified yeah, it, in a hurry, it, buddy. But in the egg situation, you're already in this really ridiculous scenario. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, let us know about your egg drops. Let us know about your uh, your favorite weird internet challenges. Uh, don't do catnip. Don't do nutmeg. But do tell us about uh, any rumors you've heard of cryptid sightings in your neck of the global woods. And let us know if you have... Uh, if you have encountered something on your own that you cannot explain, we've had a lot of our fellow listeners uh, sharing some pretty incredible stories. You know, it, do, it doesn't just stop in Idaho uh, because the truth of the matter is um, the truth of the matter is, even though humanity is uh, all over the world now, there's still a lot of wilderness out there and our odds of finding cryptids for various somewhat depressing reasons, are actually higher now than ever before. So let us know. And uh, also let us know if you, you saw a big cat in, uh, if you saw a big cat in, in the United Kingdom, if you're one of those people, if you or one of the people you're related to actually owned a puma or a leopard in the 70s and let it go, what happened to it? Uh, we can't wait to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. All over the place on the internet. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. We change it up ever so slightly for Instagram, where we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. If those things aren't your bag, you can try giving us a telephone call at 1-833-STD-WYTK. Yes, you have three minutes to leave a message. Please say whatever you'd like. Give yourself a great nickname. We accept all of them. We uh, we just think it's safer that way. Use a nickname. Just as a heads up, if you've called in the past month, we have not listened to your message yet, but we are working on that right now. So we're going to get up to date, make sure we've listened to everything. And, uh, you know, we, we can't thank you enough for those as we're going through. Just so many of you have wonderful stories and cool ideas. Really appreciate you. Oh, uh, yeah. We should also, I, I think we can allude to this part, part of the part of the reason we're a little backed up there is that we have a real life secret project in the works. Um, yes. That's all we can say about it. Uh, the last thing we can say is if you want to talk cryptids, if you've got a story, we can't wait to hear it. If you, if you feel like the phone call won't cut it because you yourself have photographs or you have links you want to mm. send, uh, then there's one last way. We always ask people to contact us. It's at our good old fashioned email address. We read every letter we get. Go ahead and drop a conspiratorial line to us where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.